Podcast Answer Man, episode number 358. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. You are listening to the man who has trained more people how to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you're brand brand new to this online content creating world and can't talk like me, or if you've been doing it for many years, there's something we can all do to take things, to take everything we do in life ah, to the next level. One of those things I could do is actually stop my recording and start all over again. But guess what? I am not going to do that this week. Just to tell you that sometimes I do. There, I, Maybe that's a, just a little first tip of the week here is to let you know that yes, many of you are quite aware that I have this philosophy of recording that I try to live out as much as I can when I am recording podcasts, and that is to hit the record button and go from beginning to end without uh, doing anything that would require editing after the fact. And I'm able to pull that off a majority of the time, with the exception of sometimes there are interviews that I record earlier that I have to uh, edit in, or there are sometimes when I'll record uh, some uh, the, a segment that's going to be played later in the show. I'll record it first and then the rest of the show around it. It's, it's all complicated and stuff like that. I, I try to keep things as simple as possible. Hit the record button, let it roll all the way through, hitting all the audio clips as I play through. But for those who have had the opportunity to come to my live show Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, is when I currently do this every Thursday at podcastanswerman.com slash live. You'll have to remember that URL, by the way. I do not publish this on my website. Uh, There's no link to the page at this time, and I personally, I don't feel any pressure to do that just yet. So um, if you want to come on Tuesday, I'm sorry, Thursday afternoon, it's 2 p.m. Eastern time every Thursday I am at podcastanswerman.com slash live. But if you've been there, you may know that there have been times when when you, listening to this in the podcast feed, hear me say the episode number and play a little bit bumper from a friend of mine and then play the music and all that stuff, you may hear it sound pretty darn good, but what you may not know is oftentimes that may be the second, third, or even seventh time that I've re- tried to record that open. Uh, today was one of those days where I flubbed up just enough that I would have actually stopped the recording and, and would have redone it, but uh, I'll use that as a learning point for this episode. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Thank, I'm so thankful that you're here. Let me share with you what I'm going to att- attempt to accomplish in this episode, and uh, we'll see how it goes. First of all, Gloria sent me an email. Now, normally I would ask somebody like Gloria to call this in on the voicemail feedback hotline, record it, send me an MP3 file, or do something else. 
For whatever reason, I did not ask Gloria to do that, and I'm going to attempt to read her email and then respond to it. But Gloria wants to know if I have any thoughts on how to effectively set boundaries with your audience. So last week, I talked a little bit about uh, how to get more feedback uh, from your audience, but what do you do once the feedback starts rolling in so heavily and there are maybe some unrealistic expectations on your time as far as the ability to respond to some of that feedback and the requests and things of that nature. What you know? What are my thoughts on boundaries? Well, I have lots of thoughts on boundaries, and I'm going to share a bunch of them here in this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Then, if I still have time, I'd like to include all three of these voice messages. Uh, Ted wants to ask me a question about why I tagged episode number 346 of Podcast Answer Man the way that I did. Um, Alex uh, wants to know what to do if your co-hosts and yourself, if you have, uh, I think he has more than one co-host to a movie review podcast. He wants to monetize the show and they're not into that. So what kind of thoughts do I have in that situation? And then of course, Dana has a question about should I submit my podcast to SoundCloud? I'm going to do everything I can to get to all of that today. And so to get things moving, already five and a half minutes into this, I'm going to just go ahead and read that email from Gloria right now. She said, hey Cliff, just spent the day listening to your podcast. So valuable and I feel so blessed to have found it. In episode number 321, You mentioned a talk you gave about four reasons every entrepreneur should say no. Do you mind sharing what those four reasons were? Also, any advice on how to respectfully decline the can I pick your brain requests? I am a motivational speaker and people are starting to ask me how to get into the industry. The truth is I got my first booking after four days. That wasn't because of me, it was purely God. I know this is not This is only going to increase once I start my podcast, as recently, someone came up to me at a memorial service to try to network with me. I, I don't want to be rude, but, if, but you have to, let's see, but have you found a way to respectfully, as a Christian, turn down people's requests? Any advice you would, uh, any advice would be so appreciated. God bless Gloria. All right, so that was the email from Gloria, and I do recall uh, mentioning the fact that while I was at the Score Conference back in May of last year, so it's been about a year ago, I mentioned that uh, I learned how to give five-minute presentations. That I can actually give a full presentation in five minutes. And one of the presentations that I did was um, the four, I think it was three or four reasons why every entrepreneur should uh, become an expert at saying no and and why they should do it. And let me see here. I, I did some searching and I did find my score presentation that I gave. And I think it was actually three reasons. I may have actually said four reasons in the podcast. I may have actually had four, but... Um, I'm going to share with you three that I know that I shared because I I do still have the outline from that talk. First of all, when I opened up the talk, I had started with the story uh, or started the talk by saying, did you know that Jesus 
was an expert at saying no. In fact, uh, there was a time when Jesus had been working on healing those who had come to the home of one of the parents of uh, his disciples. And he was there healing the sick, and the whole town, it says, came to their door, standing in line, waiting to be healed. That evening, they went to bed. Uh, Early the next morning, Jesus woke up before it was light and went off to a solitary place to pray, is what the Bible says. And then, later, the disciples came frantically looking for him and says, Jesus, where have you been? Everyone is looking for you. Now, what I'm inferring from this story is that there's more people at the door. It's the next day. And the, the disciples have been looking for Jesus all day long because there are a, there is a new crowd of people at the door waiting to be healed. The word got out. And so the disciples, they finally found Jesus at this solitary place. He had been praying probably for a long period of time. And the disciples, finally glad that they had found him, says, hey, where have you been? Everybody's looking for you. Jesus' response was this. He says, go get our things and meet me in the next town. I'll see you there. For this is what's, this is the will of God that I go do this, this, and this. All right, so anyway, the whole the whole principle here is that we might think, well, what's Jesus going to do? Anytime and every time somebody comes and stands at the door where Jesus is staying, he's going to heal everyone. Well, as you can imagine, if that were the case, Jesus would have never left any place. The word would have got out and he would never do anything other than heal people. And that's not exactly what happened. And of course, this, the story is that Jesus said no. He, he, he knew when was the appropriate time to do, to do what he could in that area, but he understood that there were more things that he was meant to do with the limited amount of time that he had been allotted to be on this earth. And so he stayed in tune with the things that he knew he should be doing on a daily basis. And as a result of that, being aware of what you need to say yes to made it possible for Jesus to say no to other things, and so I didn't go into that much detail um, in the in the talk that I gave within five minutes. But that's how I opened the story. Now I transition into I think there are three reasons why we, as entrepreneurs, if we want to be successful and achieve the goals for which we have set for ourselves and our business and our personal lives as husbands, as fathers, or whatever the case may be, whatever your goals personally and professionally are, if you want to be successful, you have to become an expert at saying no. And I'm going to give you three reasons for this. The first reason is increased margin in your life. Uh, The reality is saying yes to something always equates to saying no to something else. So if I say yes to the most recent four emails at 2.14 in the afternoon, then I have to say no to actually continuing on with the remaining uh, recording session of Podcast Answer Man. If I say yes to doing anything else right now, of anything that else, let's just say somebody 
right before I hit the record button, somebody calls, leaves me a voicemail, and let's just say right before, I, I have just a minute to check to see what that voicemail is, and it's somebody saying, oh my gosh, Cliff, I need your help. I'm getting ready to go and do an interview, and for whatever reason, I can't hear, the person on Skype can't hear me. I need your help right now. Please call me at this phone number. Um, I, I desperately need your help. Well, the truth is, is that if I say yes to that request, then I have to say no to starting Podcast Answer Man on time. And and that's just one example. But every, every yes that you give, it, you're saying no, not to just one other thing, but you're saying no to a lot of other things. Uh, too many yes responses is the real issue here. You know, when you say yes too many times, then what you're doing is you're actually getting to the place where you might start saying no to your rest, your relaxation, your rejuvenation, your your uh, just be, to be able to relax and enjoy life. Saying yes too many times can take away your ability to rest effectively. Saying yes too many times takes away that priority of maybe exercising or eating healthy, taking care of your physical body. And the, the reality is, is that you can say yes and yes and yes, and you can put those things off, and eventually you will not be healthy enough to say yes to anyone else. So you may need to say no quite a bit more than you already are so that you can say yes, maybe not so often, but for many years to come. And of course, I believe that if we say yes to so many other things, you're going to take time away from maintaining the relationships that are most important to you with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, with your family, whatever the case may be. uh, When you're saying yes to too many things, you're saying no to some other things. And that that's the one thing when when I'm answering. And for me, the biggest time suck for me is my email inbox. Now, I, I will tell you, um, just let me just share. I'm going to open my email inbox right now. And I'm just going to share one uh, email in here. It's it, I got an email. I won't say who it's from, but it came in at 12.04 this afternoon. And the, to- the subject of the email says, lots of questions, dot, 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 need help, exclamation mark. All right. And then I'm going to tell you it's one, two, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten paragraphs to this email. One, it starts, I'm a pastor and a founder of this national such and such. Uh, The mission of this is to do this. Last year we did this. I'm I'm just reading you the first uh, words of each of these paragraphs. We received some national attention. In March, I was one of the speakers Um, and with all of that said, we believe we need to, and I'm wondering how much, uh, you charge to do some coaching. I have a local person, a radio personality from one of our such and suches. I have done some radio work and understand so-and-so we'd like to make some funds from the broadcast. I need your help and advice. Can we do a phone call? If so, how much do you charge? And I mean, this is just one of, and right now there are 47 emails in my inbox, and I keep inbox zero usually at least once a day, and that's 10 paragraphs. It, 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 it's going to take me, the, the reality is, is for me to read all 10 paragraphs, I, to say yes to reading all 10 paragraphs, 
I actually have to say no to something else. And it's and it's not usually just that one, but you know, to read 10 paragraphs and internalize what this person is asking and then to hit the reply button and carefully craft a a response that kind of that that gives the understanding that yes, I read your message, I hear your heart and here's a carefully crafted response to your lots of questions. It may seem like that's going to be a short period of time. And it, and for some people, you know, taking 10 or 15 minutes for that one email may seem like a short period of time. But when it actually starts happening 50, 100, 150 times a day, 15 minutes here and there uh, adds up. And I will say that there are some times when the appropriate response to an email that I receive is to spend at least an hour and a half to two hours to really adequately answer what they're asking for. And these people are all valuable and they're all people that I would love to help. But the reality is, is sometimes I just simply have to say no. And, and it's, and it's, and it's sometimes, and, and, and this, I try to avoid this as often as possible uh, and and I can't think that I actually do this enough. In fact, I don't know that I ever really do this. I think I, I at least skim and quickly read every single email, even the ones that are 35 paragraphs long. I don't know why I still do that, but for whatever reason, I still do. But it, But I will tell you, this is the area that I struggle the most. I say yes to your emails way too much. I just reading paragraph after paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, email after email after email after email after email. I say yes too much. And oftentimes I'm not what I'm saying no to is going out for a walk and uh, getting my physical activity in. And, and that, my friends, is, you know, the area where I still am struggling. And so what I found is I'm actually saying I found myself getting to the place where I'm getting really good at saying no, but I'm saying no to the profitable things and and I'm still saying yes to the things that are not profitable. And sometimes I do that to feel good about myself, uh, knowing that I'm helping people and it's not just about the money and reminding myself of that. But the reality is, is if you want more margin in your life so you can have more time for rest, more time for exercise, uh, more time to sit back and eat healthy and make good choices with your your body and and to have greater time spent with your wife and kids, all of those things, to get more margin in our life, we have to become an expert at saying no. All right, reason number two, increased effectiveness in serving the greatest number of people with your unique gifts and talents. I believe that each and every one of us have certain gifts that we have been given to serve others with. I believe some of us have talents that have kind of just come naturally to us or some of the time, uh, some for some folks, it's been an incredible amount of practice that has developed a talent for doing something that serves others. And what I've written in my notes here is that in the early days, there was a time in my business uh, where very few people uh, who needed my services of how to launch a podcast and get their message out to the world so that they could to broadcast this in a way that this content lives on forever and can continue to serve people while you're sleeping and help them and and provide hope and inspiration and make positive uh, impacts in people's lives. There were so many there were so many people out there who needed what my services were but did not know who I was. 
And so, of course, there were those who needed my services but didn't know it yet. Uh, back then, there were uh, I was eager to take on every single new request. I I didn't get enough emails. I w- I wished I would have had you know the fifteen paragraph emails that I I just read to you. I would have loved. I would have. It would have made my day to wake up and read that same email that I just you know went on about just now. That that would have made my day. And and back then. Spending the time reading those emails, crafting not just very well thought out responses, but also, you know, getting on the phone and talking with those people for 35, 45 minutes, uh, trying to explain to them, you know, the process and making sure that this was the right fit for them. And then talking about maybe the different ways that I could help them work, finding out what their budget was to, to actually work out an arrangement where it would be a win for us. All of that made tons of sense back then, and and that's what that's how I built my business. And I will say that as an entrepreneur, it's hard to, it's really hard to say, well, this is how I built my business, and to actually have to shift your focus where you can't continue to do that thing anymore because it's just not scalable. The reality is, I if I were still, and here's the thing, if I, I let me just go ahead and read the rest of my notes here, and then I'll I'll share the no more one-on-one consulting. But anyway, I wrote my notes. Anyway, eventually things grew to the point where if I was if I was going to be successful at serving the largest number of people, I had to create environments for this to happen. So for example, I created a 4-week online training course called Podcasting A to Z. I created a mentoring organization intentionally focused on personal and professional growth, uh, inspiring people in this area for about 40 to 50 people. Uh, that was called the Podcast Mastermind, and I did that for two full years, and who knows, I may do something with that again in the future uh, in a different way. I focused on answering free questions in public forums like podcast episodes of this podcast, blog posts on my site, YouTube videos, and also as video blog posts, and video tutorials, uh, some of them for sale, but many of them for free as well. You know, and so what I got to the point was where I made it a point to say yes to these things and intentionally saying no to one-on-one requests. So what happened was I said, you know what, I'm looking at my priorities, answering questions for people one-on-one through paid consulting versus creating a tutorial that helps hundreds of people or thousands of people or tens of thousands of people. Um, create, you know, one-on-one training, helping one person launch a podcast over the next, or actually, if I was doing one-on-one consulting, maybe helping eight people over the next four weeks launch a podcast, or launch uh, having a podcasting A to Z course and helping between 20 to 30 students launch a podcast. You know, so what am I going to be able to do? What What is going to give me the greatest leverage of helping the largest number of people being successful in and benefiting from the gifts and talents that I have. And that's that's my that's my desire, that's my goal is to have an impact on the largest number of people as possible. Cuz I know that when I use my gifts and talents to serve and help one person, that one person will then go and take what I've given them and use that information, use that help to go and serve other people. And so I want to I want to be able to do that with the largest number of people. Um, and, and it's a desire of mine. So 
the second reason why I think it's important for me to say no to things like one-on-one consulting, uh, which is my decision right now. It may I may change that in the future. I may take on some one-on-one calls in the future, but there are no intentions at this moment in time for me to do that. Right now, the answer is no to one-on-one consulting. And instead, it's yes to podcasting A to Z. Uh, right now, it's actually no to the podcast mastermind. Um, and I shared that several episodes back, why I shut down the podcast mastermind. Um, but it's also saying yes to creating digital video tutorials. So what I say yes to changes from time to time, but whenever I say yes to something, I'm actually thinking, what am I saying no to? And this is one of the reasons why I do it. When I, you know, there's not just the fact that I want more margin in my life, but when I am working, I want the work that I do to benefit the greatest number of people possible. All right. The greatest number of people possible. All right. So then reason number, and by the way, Wayne Turner says, remember the non-paying people you serve and help to launch podcasts. And Wayne, I will definitely get back to uh, that one because that's something I'm going to share in the conclusion of this conversation here. But uh, the third reason, so so far we have increased margin in your life is a reason to say no more often. Uh, increased effectiveness in serving the greatest number of uh, people is another reason to say no more often. And give me one second here. Uh, the third one is increased income potential. Simply put, having an increased amount of income allows you more margin in your life which allows you to do more for more people without charging. I'll say that again. Having an increased amount of income allows you more margin in your life and having more margin in your life allows you to do more things for more, and I'll say individuals and large groups of people without charging anything. Now, let me explain to you what I mean there. And and by the way, I do have a very strong desire for increased income. Um, Back when I started this podcasting full-time gig, in 2008, my total annual income, personal income from my business, I brought home a total of $11,000 for the year. And I can tell you right now, my goal back then was increased income potential. I that I I needed to say no to the right some of the things that I was doing and saying yes to more effective things. Uh, and I needed to 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 work that stuff out. I was not very good at saying no. I said yes to way too many things, and I just lacked focus. And as a result, um, you know, it wasn't a great year financially. 2009 was a lot better, but it was still, I still didn't even, I don't believe I made half of what I did uh, as an insurance agent. It wasn't even close. Uh, 2010 started getting a lot better. I think it was 2011 was the best year that is like, wow, this is really good. Each year, my desire was to increase my income. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to type in learnhowtopodcast.com. And as soon as I do, it's going to tell me when I published this page, I believe. Actually, let me just click on the YouTube video. That'll help me. So if I just click here, it will give me a date. 
This was produced in September 2011. Now, in September 2011, this was several months after I started podcasting A to Z. And podcasting A to Z radically changed how much income I was making. I was making a great deal more money. I was making a whole, like exponentially more money from pod, from a four-week training course than I was in all the one-on-one podcast consulting that I was doing and everything else put together. It was extremely successful financially. And as a result of that, I did get to the place where I was saying no to more and more things. I was still doing one-on-one consulting back then because I, I just thought I needed to. Um, but I, 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 what happened was eventually I got to the place where podcasting A to Z was gener- generating enough income that it gave me a margin, increased margin financially. And because I had increased margin financially, what happened was I said, you know what, I'm going to create a brand new tutorial that needs to be created. It's one that, you know, I've got all these advanced tutorials, you know, that, you know, how to edit your podcast and how to tag your podcast and all these other things. But I don't have a podcast tutorial that basically starts from the ground up, you know, you know, the basic foundations of podcasting. And so I, I wanted to create a how-to podcast. And eventually, initially, I was going to charge for it. And then my mastermind group and I had a conversation. They said, Cliff, you should give it away for free. And I got to thinking about it and I said, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I am going to give this one away for free. So in September of 2011, I published my, I put more than 50 hours into the tutorial at learnhowtopodcast.com. More than 50 hours of work went into creating that one tutorial. And now that tutorial is available for free. And when I say free, I mean free to everyone. It is free there. I don't even ask you for your email address. And in fact, I can tell you right now, um, I do not know the email address of everyone who's gone through that tutorial. And if I'm looking at the YouTube stats right now for video number one, it's been viewed 62,324 times, all right? Now, I can tell you if you go down to, let me go down to video, let's just say video number seven, just to get a feel for how many people made it that far down. And that one has 11,619. And let's go into video number eight and see if it it dropped any more than that. Uh, and actually, that one dropped down to about six. It's actually six thousand eight hundred and forty-four. So as far as the number of people, sixty thousand people have at least watched that first video, and six thousand eight hundred and forty-four people made it all the way to video number eight, which is pretty huge. And I happen to know that, st- like, it, and this is not an exaggeration. But thousands of people have told me, Cliff, I watched your free tutorial on learnhowtopodcast.com and I'm technical enough that I launched my podcast without needing to purchase any of your products or services. And you know what? I'm excited by that. That excites me. It does not, it does not hurt me, offend me. It doesn't make me think, boy, I should be charging for that. The reality is, is that I found that because I had the increased amount of income, I was able to donate 50 hours of my life to creating one of the best tutorials I've ever created that has helped 
thousands of people launch a podcast without charging them a single penny. And I love that. Now, let me tell you something. You know, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash income, all right, I've mentioned this a couple times, but podcastanswerman.com slash income, I've been very open and transparent with my income over the last couple couple years. Now, I had my first single uh, six-digit income. Let's see here. That is business income. I want to get to my first six-digit year. I think it was 2012. And you know what? It take me too long to find it in here. But I think it was like $121,000 or $126,000 was 2012, I believe. Anyway, uh, I should have looked all this stuff up. But anyway, I, it was still, it was a great year. And even though I made that much, right here it is. My Okay, so my personal income, I found it in here. My personal income for 2012 was $122,000. Now, my business made more than that. Uh, my as a matter of fact, uh, my business income for 2012 was 210560 but personal income paid to me from my business was $122,000 in 2012. And then, of course, um, my business last year had revenue of over a half a million, and my personal income from my business for 2013 was $279,273. And do you want to know something? My goal is increased income. I still want to increase my income. And the reason why is because as a result of the increased income that I've received last year, I've been able to build a home for my family that is going to allow us to do have more flexibility and freedom in the way that we spend our time. It's going to allow us to host more people in our home. It's going to allow me to train large groups of people in my new studio space. It's going to allow me the studio space to to have uh, multiple different setups for creating more tutorials, which is going to help thousands and thousands and maybe even getting to the place where I'll help hundreds of thousands of people launch podcasts. And, um, and, and I, you know, there's the possibility of doing a TV show in the future, uh, an internet television show. And, and that's something that's interesting to me. And I don't know why I have that as a desire still, but it is a desire. And so I have an, a desire for increased income and I want that increased income so that I can use my gifts and talents to say, to, to help more and more people. And by having increased income, it allows me to have the flexibility to say yes to some people some of the time. And so one of the things that I will tell you is that Andy Stanley uh, is, is a pastor and he is very well known, and for, for me anyway, for saying this. He says, do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. So I have shared this before, but I'm at a level where now I cannot, I cannot personally respond to every question for every email that comes my way. I'm almost at the place where it's actually getting to where I may not even be able to read every email that comes my way. But I always want to be able to say yes to some of those people, and and that's my desire. And and having, you know, helping the largest number of people is a priority. Um, that having margin in my life to to spend time eating right, exercising, having rest and relaxation, and enjoying each and every day that I have as a gift with my wife and my kids, 
that is a priority. And an increased income and focusing on doing the things that are are going to have the most effective uh, profitable return is actually a, a priority of mine. And those are the three reasons that I choose to become an expert on saying no. Now, I'm not going to go through all the details of how I say no right now unless that's in my outline here. So um, let's see. I had that from, that was comment from, no, that was the thing there. I actually do have one more thing that I want to share. Michael Hyatt recently uh, quoted uh, Andy Stanley in episode 91 of his podcast called This Is Your Life. You can find that over at michaelhyatt.com and then click on podcast and then you can go and listen to episode 91 of a show. I I highly recommend uh, for Gloria, for you, to listen to episode 91 of Michael Hyatt's podcast. From the, It's called This Is Your Life is the name of the podcast. Anyway, he, he this is the quote from Andy Stanley. He says, the harsh reality of leadership is that the more successful we are, the less accessible we become. As things grow and more people become involved, a leader can't be equally accessible to all people. So then we are faced with the dilemma of who gets my time and who doesn't. When do they get it and how much do they get? And so I encourage you to go and listen to Michael Hyatt's uh, podcast episode specifically on the topic of saying no to people. All right. Anyway. Thank you, Gloria, for your question, and now we are going to move on to the first voicemail. This is coming in from Ted. Ted, take it away. With PurposePodcast.com. Let me do that again. Hi, Cliff. This is Ted Sarvato with PurposePodcast.com. This is a question for Podcast Answer Man. I have a question about ID3 tags. I just downloaded your most recent Podcast Answer Man number uh, 346, And I opened it up in my tag editor just to see what you were doing. And I see you don't have anything in comments and nothing in lyrics, and you're not using the podcast tag. You also don't have a URL anywhere. So if somebody got this file randomly, I'm not sure how they would find you other than Googling you, which maybe is just fine. But I'd love your thoughts on this. I know you're getting away from the technical questions on the show, and that's fine. But if you do do uh, questions, I'd love to get an answer to this question. Thank you. All right, Ted, thank you for your question. First of all, I am not getting away from answering technical questions on this show. I am, however, making sure that people understand that that's not the only purpose of this show. Uh, so I do, I, st- I still very much enjoy answering questions from you guys. And I do prefer the mindset questions like Gloria's question. Uh, but I certainly understand the value that these technical questions bring to you and many other people who are just starting out. And so I, I sprinkled them in here as well, and I do appreciate it. So you were talking specifically about episode number 346. And so I went ahead and downloaded that episode uh, to get a copy just like the one you have. And I went ahead and opened it up in ID3 Tag Editor. And you're right. I no longer enter any comments, and I no longer put in any lyrics. The reason why is MP3 tagging Uh, The meta tags inside the MP3 is not nearly as essential today in my mind as it was just a few years ago. And the reason for that is is that uh, an overwhelming majority of the people who are subscribing to podcasts today are doing so with an application on their smartphone and an overwhelming majority of those applications get all of their data 
from your RSS feed and take almost none of your data from your MP3 file tags. Now, does that mean you should stop tagging? No, I encourage everyone out there to tag their MP3 files with the metadata. And if you haven't heard about what that is, go over to podcastanswerman.com slash tagging, T-A-G-G-I-N-G. So this one here, I, I am, you're right, I do not have any lyrics and I do not have any comments and I don't plan on putting any in any further. Even the folks who are using audio play, you know, MP3 playing devices that actually do look at M- meta tags, I just make sure that they have the basics, making sure that they have the cover art, which of course you see that I have on that episode. And of course, I want to make sure that there's a title for the episode, the artist information's there, that there's some album information. And I don't know why you didn't see it, but I actually do see that this one is tagged as a podcast under genre, okay? Now, I do not use that little podcast tab if that's what you're talking about. I don't I don't use that at all, uh, and nor am I familiar with any players that really care too much about that one. Anyway, I use the ID3 version 2 tags, and for the title of that episode, it says, Should We Stop Using the Term Podcasting? Uh, and then for the artist, I put my name, Cliff J. Ravenscraft. And what was interesting, you you asked about my podcast URL. Why don't I have a URL in there? How would people find me if they just randomly found this? The first question is, how many people are going to randomly just run into one of my MP3 files somewhere? And if they do, and they're looking so desperately at my tags, wouldn't they see my album artwork says podcastanswerman.com? And if they were listening to my content that they were so enthralled with it uh, that they desperately wanted to find other ones like it, if I, I would I would imagine that a majority of those people who would just randomly find a MP3 episode of Podcast Answer Man and be so interested in finding out more of these about more of these episodes, I would think going to Google and typing in Cliff Ravenscraft or Podcast Answer Man would be the first thing they do. And in fact, um, those, you know, Podcast Answer Man, I think, is one of the top three uh, keywords that lead people to my site. And the other one is Podcast Answer Man, all word, all one word. And the second one is Podcast and Answer Man. Uh, so that it's, anyway, two words, one word, and three words all together. People are searching for Podcast Answer Man and they're getting here. Anyway, so I don't think that not having the URL is there. Now, with that being said, in episode 346, for whatever reason, I did put, I did type podcast answer man, but I usually do type in podcastanswerman.com in the album tag. Not sure why I didn't do it on that episode. But anyway, Ted, I hope that answers your question. Uh, so is tagging important uh, as it once was? I do not think so. Will people randomly find an, an MP3 on the file on the web? I don't think that that happens, to be honest with you, but if they did, I think that there's enough information just in the audio file alone that would uh, give the people what they need to find me online, Uh, but I do still believe in tagging, and uh, yeah, so there you go. I think that's uh, the answer to Ted's question, so we'll go on next to Alex. Alex, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Alex of Guitar Sighted Instruction. As sort of a trial run at making my first podcast, I started a movie review podcast with some friends. The podcast is called The Blockbuster Enthusiast, and as it turns out, it's not only being well received, but I actually really enjoy doing it. 
As an entrepreneur by day, I can't help but see a potential opportunity to build a platform and offset some of our costs, if not bring in a little extra for upgraded equipment. The only catch is that these friends are unfamiliar, if not downright resistant, to the idea of making money in an online platform model. All of this sort of leaves me feeling in between a rock and a hard place. Uh, we've built something that could be successful, but what would you recommend when not everyone has the same vision? Thanks for all you do. Your podcast is fantastic. All right, Alex, thank you for your question. Um, goodness. At this point, it sounds to me you said, I started a podcast with my friends and it's all of a sudden taken off. So you have this movie review podcast. And first of all, congratulations on your success. I think that's awesome. One of the pieces of feedback that I give to brand new podcasters who are going to start a podcast where they're going to have a co-host or multiple co-hosts or involve other people, uh, whether one or more, doesn't matter, is that you make it clear up front who owns the podcast. Uh, do you equally own it and make decisions together? Is it a, you know, do you, is it unanimous voting? Is is this a democracy, you know, or or what's the case? My preference, however, is if I'm the one who's decided that I want to do a podcast and I want to do it with someone, my own preference and my own experience is that I claim full 100% non, you know, unequivocal, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, I own the thing. It's all me, mine, I own it, I can do whatever I want. I name it, I choose the music, if I want to change the music, I want to change the script, I want to do this, I want to do that, it's all mine 100%. If it makes, if I want to advertise and sponsor and make money and all this other stuff with it, it th then I can do that. And if I want to make money from it, uh, then I want to keep that money unless there are some reasons why I believe that should be shared with you, my co-host or co-hosts. And I have always had the mindset that, you know, if I am going to make money from this and if it's not going to be shared with you, my co-host or co-hosts, then I would like to understand why on earth would you actually say yes to being my co-host if I actually have those feelings or thoughts or whatever may be. What What's in it for you? I want to know. What are you looking to get from this that would be more valuable than any income that this may potentially produce? Uh, is there a reason why you're on board? And if you want to, if for those who are thinking, well, what's Cliff talking about? And he's never really had a show where he's had a co-host. What's he speaking from as far as experience? Well, if you go to... I think it's, uh, let me try link. Actually, I can just type these in. Help, I got a Mac.com. So I did a podcast with a guy named Chris Biting, and he and I recorded 180 episodes of Help, I Got a Mac. Then there was businesstechweekly.com, Andy Traub, and I did 109 episodes of Business Tech Weekly. And then there was, uh, let's see here, Link SMS, which is socialmediaserenity.com. Uh, Eric Fisher and I did 119 episodes together. And those are all weekly shows. So these guys were my co-hosts for a very long time. And by the way, these shows did generate income from my gspn.tv plus membership. These guys were never paid a single penny 
of any of that income, but it was understood before we actually started the podcast that that would be the arrangement. And if you were to ask any of those three individuals, Chris Biting, Eric Fisher, or uh, Andy Traub, how they feel about the arrangement, the fact that through all those years, Cliff was, you know, and his family were benefiting financially from the shows that they contributed so much to uh, recording on a weekly basis with me. And I am absolutely certain that if you were to get in a conversation with them, even privately, uh, off the record, they would tell you that they they got everything they wanted out of the deal and more. And I made sure of that because I made sure that I knew what it was that they wanted. And uh, for all three of them, it was a lot of exposure and increased uh, focus and attention on a, on a new audience about the things that were most passionate that they were most passionate about. And all of them have, I would say, profited financially as a result of that. Uh, well beyond what would have ever been a revenue share from from the from the plus membership that I had at the time. So there's that. By the way, there is one podcast that was not mine. Uh, it, it it is it is actually owned equally between myself and one person. So there is one where I have the experience. If you go to balancedlivingweekly.com, again that's balanced living weekly.com. This was a show that I did. We did 83 episodes, Father Roderick and I, for 83 weeks. We recorded a show once a week about our uh, journey of pursuing and living a balanced lifestyle. And it's it was very much focused on health and fitness and, and that area. And as a result of that, um, it, it helped a lot of people. Now that show, when he and I started it, we made the common agreement that we owned this equally, that this was not a gspn.tv production. This was not an sqpn.com production. This was a co-production of both of our networks combining for the desire of, number one, our main purpose was talking to each other on a weekly basis because we liked each other a whole lot. And we wanted the opportunity and the excuse to talk to each other, to encourage one another weekly. Uh, And then we also knew that we would have our networks having the benefit of increased cross-promotion of our network audiences. Uh, And so anyway, that, that show still... Now the thing is, is Father Roderick could have, if he wanted to, syndicated that on his SQPN network. I don't think that he did, but I did syndicate the RSS feed on my all-inclusive gspn.tv website. But the the main property of the site, if you go to balancedlivingweekly.com, that's on its own website, own WordPress install, everything. Uh, and Father Roderick and I are equal equal partners in that venture. So those are my experiences. Now, the thing is, and, and going back to Alex, so what I'm saying is it's important in my mind to have all of these things worked out before you record your first episode. Now, you're you're saying that you did not from what I understand you did not you, it doesn't sound like uh you had all that worked out. So I don't know if you if your co-host feel like you own the show and you have that decision making ability or if you need to go to them. It sounds to me like they're not interested question is is you know you say you're an entrepreneur by day you know does this have to make money um, not everything that can make money has to make money 
Although I certainly understand, you know, the desire to say, you know what, it, is it is it good stewardship to actually see some low hanging fruit here and 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 rather than letting it rot, why don't we pick it and put it to good use? And and uh, I, I certainly understand that as well. So I, to specifically answer your question, Alex, I think you'd have to go back to the beginning and say, hey, you know, um, who who owns this? And if that's the case. And maybe now what you need to do at this point is to have some conversations. Who owns this? Do we all own this? This is what, you know, this is where it is. This is maybe what we should have done when we started. And and I would have some conversation about the ownership of this podcast and and who makes the decisions and things of that nature and decide how you want to proceed moving forward. And if somebody does, I mean, if it's important to you to be able to make those decisions, uh, and they don't want to go along, then you could either you, know, you disband and create something new, or I don't know. There's lots of different options there, but it's not an easy situation once you actually start this thing out, just playing around. Really, no desire of of kind of deciding the the structure of the thing as far as the ownership, and then getting into it. So I I feel your pain there, uh, but uh, I think honestly, if you want to monetize. Then you need to sit down and have some serious conversations, not about the content of the show, but about the actual structure of ownership of the show, and decide and share, you know, what your desires are, and see if you can't get them on the same page, and, um, you know, and then decide is it worth continuing to do, even though you see the potential for income, and you're not doing it, would you still be willing to do it? And if so, continue to say yes. But then, you know, as an entrepreneur, all entrepreneurs, I believe, needs to be need to become experts at saying no. And so if you ever get to the place where you feel like your time could be more beneficially used elsewhere, then you make that decision whenever that decision becomes appropriate. So I hope that helps you out, Alex, a little bit. One more question, Dana, I believe, and uh, let's go with that question right now. Hi, Cliff. It's Dana Ryan from the Diaper Dirt Podcast and also Miss Diaper D from YouTube. And my question for you, the podcast answer man, is do I need to submit my podcast feed to SoundCloud? I'm hearing more and more on podcasts I listen to. They are stating to subscribe on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and also SoundCloud. So can you explain what that is and whether or not I need to submit my podcast feed there? Thanks so much. Bye. All right, Dana, thank you for your question. And, um, you know, this is a touchy situation here because I think SoundCloud has the potential possibly to be a huge player in the podcasting space uh, within the next, ah, gosh, two to five years. And and so I don't want to say anything that would disparage any possible relationship that I have with them. In fact, they've reached out to me on multiple occasions. And in fact, it's been on my to do list to kind of take on take a, um, an offer of a free account with them to syndicate my content from Podcast Answer Man over to them. They've they've spent a lot of time creating tools to make it easy for my content to automatically be transferred over and, or, you know, and that it would pull new episodes. And seriously, it would only take me about maybe an hour or less to do it all. And I just haven't got around to it. And part of that is because today, as of May 22nd, 2014, 
the I really feel like the only thing SoundCloud offers to me at this moment in time is a better social uh, media sharing audio player. And what I mean by that is that if I wanted to, I could share a link to my episode from SoundCloud into uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitter and Facebook and link. Well, I don't know how it looks on LinkedIn. I imagine it probably looks decent there. And I'm not sure what it looks like on uh, Google Plus, but it probably has the same functionality. But I know on Twitter and Facebook, if I published a link to my SoundCloud version of the episode, then it would actually pull up this player that plays right inside of your Twitter client. It plays right inside of Facebook. Um, there have been other applications that have done this in the past. Um, well, at least in there have been applications you can install on Facebook to make this happen. And they worked for months and months and months and months, and then Facebook changes something and it won't work anymore. And that kind of depends on how Twitter and Facebook feel about SoundCloud. In fact, just this week... I heard there was a rumor that there were talks that Twitter might purchase SoundCloud. And of course, uh, just yesterday, I heard a rumor that those talks have ceased. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, SoundCloud certainly is a big brand in streamable audio content. But it all started out with musicians, and it's still focused on musicians. And they started a podcasting beta program over two years ago. It's still not out of beta, and, you know, your question of what is SoundCloud at this point, I don't think that they know what they are when it comes to podcasting yet. I think what they want to be, I think what SoundCloud wants to be for you is your podcast media host and all-around podcast solution. Uh, So if you, it's kind of like, they want right now. There are two main players when it comes to hosting your MP your podcast episode uh, data. There's Libsyn, Liberated Syndication. There's Blueberry from over there at Raw Voice. Those are the two that have been around, and they are 100% devoted and focused on podcasters. That's why I recommend them. SoundCloud. They've had a beta program for podcasting for over two years, and it's still in beta. And, you know, the average person just can't go over to SoundCloud and sign up. So for that very reason, I'm not suggesting it as anybody go over there and sign up. Now, for those of you who already have a podcast with Lipson or hosting with Lipson, for those who are already hosting somewhere else, well, putting your podcast in SoundCloud isn't as simple as being listed in their directory. They want your audio files to reside on their servers to work with their players. And that would require either using this this system that they've created temporarily that can do things that technically they don't want to do for everybody. Uh, they do for, you know, for my friends and, and they've offered to do for myself um, what they're not going to offer to do for everyone. So what you hear some people doing, you're just not going to have access to probably. Um, and then when they do open it up or if they do open it up and they decide to be a, a major player in the podcasting space, um, then, you know, the question is, is are you going to host your content there and pay for it on SoundCloud and pay for Libsyn? Or are they going to try to tempt you to leave Libsyn and, and put all your stuff on SoundCloud so you only pay one place? At this point, here's the deal. It's still in beta. 
anything in beta when it comes to hosting your content, your message online, I'd say wait. Wait and pl- wait it out, see how things go. Do you need to be there? I don't think so. And by the way, I have a couple of friends out there that I know who um you know, they they see the very large number of quote unquote followers on SoundCloud, but I can tell you right now those do having followers on SoundCloud do not do not um uh, correlate well uh, to the number of people who are actually listening to your files from uh, SoundCloud. So my recommendation, Dana, no, don't worry about SoundCloud yet. It's too early to tell. I had that, I, I said the same exact thing two years ago. And what is it? It's Thursday afternoon, podcast answer, man, and the yard people are here again. Anyway, uh, but I said it two years ago. It's in beta, it's not time yet. Um, and now I'll say it again, two years later, While I will say these guys are amazing, super helpful, and desperately want to get myself and some other people involved in testing out their services and start saying great things about them. And by the way, I will tell you, the people that I've worked with at SoundCloud are amazing people, bending over backwards, but they still don't have anything out of beta to offer you yet. And that's why at this moment in time, I'm still saying, wait until it's out of beta. That, that, that's all I got to say is just wait until it's out of beta. Uh, it's too early to tell. And also, one of the things before I would recommend it highly to people is I just want to know how big of a deal podcasting is to them because right now, that that's not their focus. And I, I don't know how I, and I mean this, I, I'm not saying this is a negative thing, but I just don't know how I feel about recommending uh, SoundCloud as a podcast host when podcasting isn't necessarily a major focus for them? That's my answer to that question. All right, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. And uh, real quickly here, I want to say thank you to my good friend, wonderful friend, Ray Edwards. He left me some feedback uh, in the comments section of episode number 355. Remember, that's the two-hour episode I did uh, where I responded line by line to Spencer's Haw- Spencer Hall's post on why you should not podcast. Anyway, this is what Ray wrote. He says, Cliff, first of all, thank you for the mention of my show. By the way, I'll just say it again. Ray Edwards show or Ray Edwards.com. Just go there. Ray Edwards.com. You'll find his podcast over there. Anyways, first of all, thank you for the mention of my show. It's not always easy to produce a new episode of my show each week, but I can tell you it sure pays off. And the payoff is about more than just numbers of listeners and dollars because for a long time, those were both quite low. But from the beginning, I saw the show, I saw that the show was impacting people's lives. And that payoff is in fact available right away from the beginning for any podcast from the moment you have even one listener. I love this episode and I listened to the whole two hours, all in caps. And then I purchased Go Go In Flight Internet Access because I felt so compelled to write this response right away. How's that for a response? Also, it occurs to me that Spencer may have just pulled off the most brilliant uh, bit of link baiting I have ever that I have seen in a long time. And I'm not being critical of him. I'm tipping my hat to him. He probably got a huge boost in listenership as a result of this episode. Well played, sir. Well played. Thank you so much, Ray. And I absolutely love the fact that he purchased 
that go-go in-flight service just so he could leave me that comment right from his airplane seat. That was awesome. Anyway, uh, one last thing I want to share with you. My, what, let me look. My 17th session of podcasting A to Z starts Monday, June 2nd. That's just over one week from now. And get this, 15 people have already signed up and I've not done anything other than mention it on the podcast. I already have a list of about 40 people who have said, Cliff, the next time you have a podcasting A to Z course, make sure you let me know. I'm probably going to sign up for that one or the next one. And I have no doubt that uh, this course is going to fill out. I'm hearing the lawnmower outside. I'm hearing my music inside. Ah, Things are crazy here. But anyway, uh, podcasting A to Z.com. Five more seats open and then I consider it full and I will not be doing any more promotion for that particular course. I would love to help you get your podcasting set up in June. And by the way, I know some of the students that are going to be in it. Joe, Lample, Kent, Julian, these guys are these guys are super great people. And if you guys get the opportunity to be in their class, well, let me just say this. You'd be in a class with some amazing, amazing fellow classmates. God bless, and I'll talk to you again next week. Podcast! It's a man.